the Mets. We Listening to the Shea and Sons podcast with your hosts, Key and Keyshawn Diaz. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Shea and Sons podcast for episode number 11 with your boy Keith and baby brother Keyshawn. What's going on, brother? What's going on, man? Happy, happy to be back, baby. The Buck Show Walter episode number 11. <laughs> we here. We are here. Shout out to our, our, our compadres at Shea Hello Media. Thank you again for sponsoring the episode. And happy Father's Day to everybody out there. God bless all the fathers, father's father figures out there, single moms, stepping up to the plate, doing what they got to do. Um, you know, everybody, even if you didn't have a dad and you have a father figure out there, shout out to them and shout out to the dads who've been there from day one. Shout out to Frank Diaz, you know what I'm saying? Clap it up, clap it up, Frank. clap it up, yeah. Frank Diaz. He's been dying to be on the damn show. <laughs> there you go, Frank Diaz. Welcome, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Guys, if you didn't know, we get text messages every week uh, from our father telling us what to talk about on our podcast because yeah. he lets all of our uncles know that the podcast is dropping so uh, yeah he's, he's our executive he's our executive producer definitely yeah he's uh <laughs> he definitely works in the shadows so shout out to pops and all of our uncles we were with them yesterday shout out all the dads out there um episode number 11 guys so we're gonna run through this uh past week in Mets land um not a great one <laughs> another uh I don't know, walking in mud kind of weeks, but we, uh, you know, this is the dog days of summer, so we're getting through it, guys. Um, hopefully, we turn it around, get some really good baseball getting, you know, uh, coming our way, and um, yeah, we're going to talk about trades today, guys. We're going to be Billy Epler, you know, we're going to do his job, because I think anyone could do his job. So, with all due respect to Billy Epler, you're going to take a seat for this one, and you're going to let the Shane and Sons brothers take control of the New York Mets. So, let's get right into it, baby brother. First series of the episode, we're going to go over Pittsburgh. And uh, let me know what happened in Pittsburgh. So, a game one we kind of uh, discussed briefly in the previous episode, the Gucci glove, the door. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, wait, 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 Tyler wait. McGill. The... Wait, don't forget. Yeah, go ahead. Don't forget uh, Tommy Pham's Louis Vuitton cleats. Don't Let's not forget that. Oh, not, yeah. The because Louis he's Vuitton not the only cleats. one. Yo. <laughs> hey, but listen, listen. I'm a fan of hitting in those joints. He's yeah, hitting. He's, you know what I mean? I can't say the same for the other guy. I, he got a glove and he's, he's fumbling the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? I love him. I love him, but like, come on, bro. You I, know what I mean? Um, maybe he should have got the cleats instead, you know? Yeah, he should have got the cleats. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Tommy Fan. We lost uh, 14-7. Not really much to talk about. No offense for a better half of that game. Um, Tyler McGill was awful. Pittsburgh just kept scoring, kept scoring, kept scoring. Um, Cabrian Hayes looked amazing, Beast. Um, especially in that game. Um, yeah, not really much to talk about in that game specifically. Move on to game two, and we actually won. Who would have thought? <laughs> we won a game. Hey, man, I'll take it. I don't care. I don't care. Who's yeah, pitching. yeah. We, we, I don't give a so shit. We won anymore. the game. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter at this point, but we won the game five to one. Uh, single pitch really good. He has uh, seven shutout innings. Mark Cano. Arcana went crazy at three RBIs. Big Francisco game for Mark. Big game. Alvarez, yeah, yeah. Francisco Alvarez, you know, um, he had another home run. He tied the league lead for catches and home runs. Off Conor Please Holderman. Please make sure you vote. Off Conor yeah, Holderman, off Conor. too. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Everybody loves Conor Holderman. Just let everybody know. Right. 
everybody's favorite ex-Met Kyler Hogan. <laughs> but um, Francisco Alvarez, make sure you vote for the All-Star game. Um, yeah, the Mets are 7-0 and when the starter goes seven-plus innings. So mm. that should tell you the story about the season, how it's going. Love that. Um, game three, not really much to talk about. We lost. Stunker. <sighs> Two to one. It was a snooze fest. Um, the offense didn't really show up. McNeil hit his first home run since like May. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew McCutcheon got his 2,000th hit. So that shout was out cool. Andrew McCutcheon. Shout out Cutch, man. That was pretty dope yeah. to see. Shout out Cutch. Pretty awesome. Shout out Cutch. Um, Carrasco, again, not really a great start. Um, but yeah, not really much to talk about here. Omar Nevarez is not good. I'll say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, and I'll just leave it at that for Pittsburgh. I mean, we, we could briefly run through that. We lost the series, obviously, two games to one, and we came back home for the Stankies. Oh, wait. Before we get into the Stankies, I want to give a big shout-out. So I know a lot of people watch baseball casually, and they say they're Met fans and only Met fans, but they're not big baseball fans. Um, they're yeah. just not a shade to you guys because yeah, you fan how you fan. But the point is, is that I like to watch other teams too, and you mentioned Key Brian Hayes. Right. I want to give a humongous, humongous shout-out to Jack Suwinski. If anybody out there know who Jack Swinski is, know he is that dude. That dude is nasty on Pittsburgh. A lot of people don't even know how he got to Pittsburgh. It was for an Adam Frazier trade with, I believe, San Diego, if I'm not mistaken. San Diego. I think it was San, San Diego, Diego, right? And I remember, like, two years ago, the Mets were dying to get Adam Frazier. And I could only imagine the prospect we could have traded back then for freaking Adam Frazier. And knowing that the Padres traded for freaking Adam Frazier, giving up a kid like Jack Swinski, I would have loved a kid like that. But neither here yeah. nor there. But that kid is really dope. Just um, a theme of the episode as we continue is, you know, we're going to talk big time about trades and just letting you know when you go trade for a veteran player, he may not age properly, but that prospect you give up could turn into a Jack Swinski type level player. So and we saw in that series, he dominated us. But I digress. Um, I just like to shout out good baseball players who a lot of people don't talk about. So it's kind of my thing. But um, to the Stinkway series. um, we, we, we the were mid, the midway the, the midway, midway series, series the the hss series the i don't know these that that would that, i mean i've watched plenty of subway series in my life man i was not at all excited i didn't care i wanted to win yeah but like the juice in me first of all major league baseball has to to stop with the two games one month, two games the next month. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't, why do we Make do it that? a weekend series, too. Listen, what are we doing? Yeah, give the Mets or the Yankees the Memorial Day weekend and then put it to the next time they play July 4th weekend. And you're going to have all the baseball heads all the whole weekend focusing on a Subway Series, make it a three-game set, and make it a thing, man. Make it make it fun, you know? You know, we all... We all want to see good baseball, regardless of the team suck, whatever. But we all know the Yankees and the Mets tend to kind of enjoy that, you know, camaraderie against, you know, cross-town rivals. So make it a thing. Don't shorten it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, You know, because to some people, it's their World Series, not ours. But anyways, moving on to game number one. Um, The Yankees take game number one, unfortunately. They come back from 5-1 down. uh, Mets lose 7-6. Um, the $40 million pitcher, Max Scherzer, gave up six earned runs in three and one-thirds inning. Um, as my baby brother just finished saying, the Mets are 7-0, and one oh, pitcher goes seven innings. Max Scherzer fell short four innings of that mark. Um, so that leads you to know where we were going with that game. Uh, second start in a row for Max, where he's given up five earned runs. Not good. 
not worth the money we're paying. Uh, very, very alarming. Very alarming. Um, Drew Smith, um, you know, speaking of Max Scherzer, Drew Smith's idol, Max Scherzer, you know, got in trouble with a little bit of a sticky situation <laughs> early in the year. And Drew Smith said, I want to, you know, follow suit. So Drew Smith, before he threw a pitch in the game, got in trouble because his hands were, quote unquote, too sticky. Um, yeah. You know, apparently some you know, some people believe they weren't as sticky as, you know, as could be compared to what other players were ejected for. But, hey, Manfred got a primetime baseball game against two of the most popular teams in baseball, and why not? You know, hey, whatever. It is what it is. Um, Clay Holmes lights out. He embarrassed Lindor. He embarrassed uh, Starling Marte. Closed the door on the Mets as the Yankees come back. Um and the Mets at this point had lost nine of ten games, and we fell four and a half back of the wild card. Not ideal, um, yeah. but I actually always felt that the Mets would split this series. So going into the second game of the Stinkway series, Midway series, whatever you want to call it, the Mets had maybe the worst victory I've seen all season. Maybe the worst. They did so many things to lose this particular game that I wasn't at all happy when we won. And that might have been the first time all season that we won a baseball game, and I was genuinely upset. Uh, By the way, shout out to the Bronx or nothing guys. We definitely tried to, you know, we were thinking about joining you guys at the game, but honestly, me and my brother had talks, and we just, we're just, until they're over 500 and playing good baseball, you know, we just, we just can't do it right now, honestly. Uh, They're just too frustrating. And, um, you know, you guys went and the Mets won. It's funny. You guys go, the Mets win. It would have been dope. We go <laughs> with you guys and enjoyed the game and game went into extra innings. But it is what it is. Shout out to you guys. Thank you guys for the invite. Um, the Mets steal a game in extra Thank innings. Um, they, they Stealing a game is the best way to put it. Uh, Verlander and Garrett Cole, though, shout out to them. They were actually a joy to watch. Um, Garrett Cole was lights out with his fastball. Um had a lot of life to it. Mets couldn't do anything with it. You know, we knew the fastball was coming, and I think they also knew, but they couldn't touch it. Shout-out to Garrett Cole. Doesn't get a lot of love in the city, but shout-out to, to Cole. Um, Verlander looked really good. He looked like a very, very veteran professional pitcher. A lot of all-speed stuff, keeping the Yankees at bay. They were really on ease with a lot of the, you know, pitches he was throwing. It was really nice to see him kind of look like, you know, a very professional pitcher in terms of the way he was throwing his pitches. So shout out to Verlander because he's had a little bit of a rocky go. Um, a lot of Mets fans are not happy with him. So it was nice to see a very good Verlander start from him. Um, Mets capitalized off Boone's premature pulling of Garrett Cole, who was going. He was going pretty well. A lot of people thought Garrett Cole was kind of losing it a little bit. Some people felt like, like my brother felt like he pulled him too early. Um, it's one of those situations, you know. It, depending on how you view it, it could look bad, it could look good. But, hey, in the Mets' favor, it looked good. Uh, the Mets score off the Yankees' bullpen right after. Brandon Nimmo, RBI hit by pitch. Marte, RBI single. IKF stole home on the Mets, by the way. That was pretty insane. I mean, that was, yeah. like, one of those things you talk about Subway Series with your Yankee pals in, like, a few years. So that was actually pretty impressive. Um, Shout-out to Eduardo Escobar, who took a nap during the game. That was pretty impressive. Uh, he was playing third base when that happened. He wasn't even looking at the play. So, shout out to Escobar. But at the end of the day, Brandon Nimmo saves the game after he had a crazy base running blunder. Um, he capitalizing on the 10th inning. Uh, they called it a double, but hey, I don't know. They scored it a double. It was weird how they scored it. The only reason why they scored it a double is because, again, back to Eduardo Escobar, who took his second nap in the game with two outs. He did, he's tagging up on second in an extra inning game. With two outs, 
<laughs> and Lord knows what was going through Eduardo Escobar's mind. But thankfully, he scored because the throw was maybe about a stride or two late. And uh, Jake Bauer, you know, he kind of got lost out there. But if he makes that throw, yeah. you know, properly, we're probably going into the 11th inning. Um, so shout out to Brandon Nimmo, who has a six ice on base percentage for qualifying players in two, since 2018. Uh, that list provides you with guys like Aaron Judge, Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, and Juan Soto. And enter Brandon Nimmo, who Brandon Nimmo should be getting some more all-star love. Um, respectfully, I think he should definitely be up there, but he doesn't have the juice, you know. All-Star game is not just all about what you do on the field. It should be only that, respectfully. But, hey, you got to market yourself a lot better. I mean, we all know guys, you know, they kind of do the whole flashy thing. That's not really Brandon Nimmo's thing, which is kind of why we all like him. But he kind of needs that to get some All-Star love. Maybe the coaches vote him in. So maybe some guys back out and he's getting he gets in kind of the same way that Tyron Walker got in and stuff. So uh, we move on to this current series that we're currently in. Uh, just for the record, this is Father's Day. This is Sunday. We are recording. We will drop this tomorrow, Monday. But we're right now currently in the St. Louis series. So I'm going to let my baby brother take over and let you guys know what happened, what, what's go- currently going on in the St. Louis series. So game one was probably the most stress-free game all season. I think that game maybe lasted maybe 90 minutes, the Crazy. way it was going. Crazy. Um, I loved every minute of it, though. The Mets won 6-1. to one. Tyler McGill had his best start of the season. He had six innings pitch, one arm run, one walk, seven strikeouts. Uh, Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham has been the best player on the Mets for about a month. Almost, Summer of Pham, baby. Summer of Pham. Yeah. Summer of Tommy Pham. Mm-hmm. The big Fambino. Big um, Fambino. <laughs> <laughs> so I like that one. He's, uh, That's high. good. He went... <laughs> He went two for four with two RBIs. Brett Beatty, two for four, two RBIs on double. Uh, Daniel Vogelback, wow. I haven't heard that name in a hot minute. He came back, and guess what he did? He had a bomb. Yeah, he had a big, big time. To Daniel Vogelback he for, needed that. For, for, for working, you know, he, he definitely needed that. Listen, I'm, I'm more than for, for, for criticizing him, but when he shows up, you know I mean, you got you to gotta give him the support. Um, yeah, I mean, Josh Walker came in and he was he was impressive. Two innings pitch. I think he had about four strikeouts. He looked really, really good. Shout Hopefully out Josh he Walker, can, man. Yeah, shout out Josh Walker. You know, guys like Ottavino and Drew Smith slipping up of late. Hopefully Josh Walker could take the mantle and, you know, be a guy that could be relied upon. Amen. Um, it's the, yeah, it's the first consecutive win since June 1st, which feels like ages ago. That was the Philly series. And the Mets are 19-1 when a starter goes at least six innings pitch. So what is the common trend here? When the starter, mm-hmm. when, we, when we get innings out of our starters, we win the game. <laughs> pitching is everything. Pitching, pitching, pitching. But, but, um, before you go to game two, uh, for those out there who walk that uh, walk of life and celebrate pride, the Mets did a great job celebrating for those people. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. I know we give a lot of shit to – you know, team and everything, but they represented those folks very nicely. It's nice to give them a day. And um, shout out to Mark Canna for being their ambassador for them. Kudos to you. It was very nice. Happy that those people are happy. You know what I'm saying? So kudos to the Mets for that. It was very nice. And shout out to Alex Cohen being in the front and being in the very front of the line and greeting those people. That was extreme. You don't see owners do that. And that was really, really nice to see. I mean, regardless for where your beliefs are, it was just nice to see that our ownership can accept, you know, all walks of life people. So it's really nice. Yeah, it was very beautiful to see, you know, the way that, um, you know, we supported 
um, the whole occasion. So it was it was very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, on to game two. Yeah. Game two. What? Uh, Mets lose five to three. Uh, Nemo hit a home run on the first pitch of the game. I think that's he's third now for home runs in the in the first inning uh, all time for the Mets. Roided um, Nemo. Sanger struggled there. Yeah, Brandon Nemo. Yeah, he's, no Roided uh, Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Roy did them we're not gonna um, get into that <laughs> yeah yeah oh, yeah boy. yeah there was a there was a picture flying around on twitter where Nemo looked a little a little jack yeah, yeah he was showing off the guns <laughs> um but uh single uh singer singer single singer struggled early Sanga. Uh, he, gave, he gave up four runs but then he looked amazing afterwards i was watching this game very closely to see how he started he couldn't get his release point down. It looked a little um, worrisome because he was throwing a lot of balls in the dirt. He was making Francisco Alvarez work a lot. But then he was lights out afterwards. He got 13 of his last 14 guys out. Um, he had seven strikeouts in the game. Luis Guillorme hit a home run. Fifth fifth career home run of the season. Kind of like me back there. Um, Adam Wainwright. Yeah. Kudos, <laughs> kudos to these gay man. These yeah, kudos don't, to Luis. fans Vogelback and Guillaume and we get frustrated with them too. And hey, the past week they've been they've been all right, man. Even Guillaume yeah. had a good Subway series. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. You could argue that they've been play they've been playing better than the guys that we heavily rely on. Yeah, Marte, you know. So um, you got to give kudos to them definitely. Um, Adam Wainwright, I hate that Ugh. guy. He he won his third straight start against the Mets, but overall he has like a four yard rate against him. Fuck off. Fuck you, Adam Wainwright. Um, Whatever. And the Mets are 3-10 and 10 in their last 13 games. Before I hand it off to you, I just want to say this. Um, Jordan Walker is amazing. Jordan Walker is going to be really good. I think he's batting about 350 since his little stint in uh, the minor leagues. He had a home run in this game that was very impressive. And I think that, you know, the National League is in very good hands with the rookies that they have. Um, not fully there with Jordan Walker. I think a big work in process, but there's a lot to work with there, which makes me very happy for his future. Um, the, in terms of offense, I think he'll be fine. It's the other side, which I think everyone knows yeah. there's a lot to work on. Yeah. So, um, but I'm very happy that the Cardinals called him back up because I love to see these guys really get a time to shine because there's a reason, there's a reason why everybody rates them so highly. And if they perform, keep them up, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, I think the hype train for him at the beginning of the season was extremely premature. But nonetheless, kudos to him. Uh, Cardinals are a mess right now, so we shouldn't be losing to them, guys. I know we wanted to sweep. Uh, Hopefully today we win the series. Uh, Fingers fucking crossed because we need to fucking win the series. I want to touch on one thing before we go into our trade uh, segment of the show because that's going to take up the majority of the episode. Um, We mentioned Guillaume. We mentioned Daniel Vogelbach. There's two things I want to talk about very, very quickly. The kids. Okay. The Shea and Sons podcast has promoted the kids heavily. But right now, right now, Francisco Alvarez is in a little bit of a slump. Okay. Uh, Brett Beatty. He's hitting a lot of things into gloves and into the ground. And I like when, I love when a batter's on top of things. But, hey, we need to elevate the ball a bit. Not really producing the way we want him to. He did have one good game in the Subway Series, and he did have a good game against the Cardinals. But we need a little bit more because this is what happens when we play kids. They take and they go up, they go down, and you got to see them come up when they go down. So we have to accept those moments. 
And when we have those moments, we need to see them play. Now, here's the, the, the elephant in the room is that when these guys do play, okay, we, we see a spark from them. Hence Beatty, hence Alvarez, and you see something to validate them playing. I believe that Mark Vientos is in a very, very gray area when it comes to playing time because we all want to see him play, yes. And we all seem like very, very spurts of like, ooh, ah. Now, but there's also been a lot of spurts where it's been like, ooh, ah, you know? And it's, yeah. it's starting to get to a point where we may have to see what Buck Walter sees. And that may be that the kid may be not ready on the major league level. This may be a bit too much too soon. I don't know if giving him more playing time helps him because I just think this is a lot for him. And I think it is, it's kind of tough mentally for a kid of that age. Um, but the options are there to kind of give him maybe a week or two down in the minors and maybe bring him back up. I don't know if the Mets will bring him back up if they send him down. But I don't know what the situation, how it's going to unfold. But I do want everybody to understand that maybe, maybe Buck is correct in not playing him a lot more. Because even though he'll have one or two moments that he's he looks good, there's maybe the same amount of moments where you're like, mm. now a lot of people said that Jeff McNeil... The throw, the, sec- the double play throw in the Subway Series, he should have pocketed it. Well, if he makes that double play, we're out the inning. So, I, And if it's Pete, he's, you want him to throw the ball, right? Or if it's Canna, you want McNeil to throw the ball. But because it's Vientos, pocket the ball, let the pitcher pitch in under the high leverage inning. I don't really agree with that. You have to make the play. He's called up for a reason. He has to make the play. The, bat- the throw wasn't the worst throw. Could have been better. Yes. But we all agree, Pete, maybe Canna, they scooped that. We know Dom scoops that. And if Vientos wants to be here, he has to impress. If he can stop the ball instead of trying to make the, the out, if he could just keep the ball in front of him rather than the ball just roll by, whatever, I would have taken that. But he just, it just was a lot for him at that moment. And, it, and I'm not killing him, but I just feel like at that moment I said, damn. Maybe Buck was right. So I want to just point out that there is a there is a, a clear line of thinking that, yes, with more playing time, Mark Vientos could perform and be very crucial to this Mets team. But if he does keep playing and we don't see it, then what are we doing to improve this team this season? And it may not be with Vientos. So I just know I know it's a very touchy subject with Mets fans, but we have to look at things with the shoe on the other foot a lot of the times because we don't have the answers. That's why we're fans. So I just want to put it out there. What is your take on that? And then I have one more thing before the trade uh, topic we get into. So I I definitely agree with most of the things that you said. The one thing that I want to just like, it's a rhetorical question, but the kid is obviously in a tough spot because he was too good for AAA but not ready enough for the major league. So yeah. what are you doing that respect? Do you That's do you keep point. him on do you keep him on the major league roster to hopefully see what you get out of him, maybe a spark, which we saw in the Tampa Bay series, we saw a spark, but nothing really materialized after that. And then mm-hmm. he didn't get any starts. So do you do you send him back down to then face triple A hitting, which he'll break against. We saw it. Yeah. It's it's tough. You know, I think that the kid needs reps. Whether it's here or in AAA, you can't just leave him on the bench just to just, you know, 
um, stay there. But then again, we had a discussion internally outside of this podcast. I even posted, um, you know, what I thought about it on Twitter, on our account. Um, basically that the guy is just going to be trade bait. Yeah. I, I can't see him on this team past July. This, can't see this is the theme of the episode. We're good. This is why I brought it up because unfortunately you, you hit it. You, you bullseyed it. He's too good for the, for the farm and he's not good enough to be with the Mets. And that's just the cold blooded truth. It'd be nice if we see a week of him getting just reps, DH, whatever, playing yeah. first, whatever. Pete yeah. is hurt, and he's still not getting reps. The writing's yep. on the wall, guys. The organization yep. doesn't feel like the kid is ready to help the Mets. It might come back to bite us. We just got to accept it because we've made this mistake many times in the past where we've given up on someone way too soon. But I understand we love the kids, and we love we want Viantos to be kind of like not the, the ugly duckling of the three. And we all want the other guy to come up. But the other guy, if this guy's getting the treatment he's getting, could you imagine what the other guy would be getting? And you guys all know who yeah, I'm talking he's, about. He's probably a better hitter, too. Yeah, and he might be a better prospect. This is yeah. probably why they're protecting him, keeping him down there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they probably fucked up with Vientos calling him up too soon. Buck probably wasn't ready for that call up. You know what I'm saying? And Billy probably said, I, you gotta, we got to call him up. We need to ju-. And then Buck was like, I don't see it. You know, it could have been something like that along the line. So it could have been opposite or it could have been the owner. Yeah. Who knows? And maybe yeah. somebody just didn't think it was time. And, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's kind of showing right in front of your eyes, guys. Um, and I know he, he'll make the occasional nice play or have a good at bat but guys this we can't live off just one singular moment because you know I don't want to speak in hyperbole but if everyone did that then everyone would be in the major leagues consistently you know you have to perform at, at consistently throughout your your time being called up you know there's veterans here who are not performing yes but they have earned the right to be here because of what they've done in the past and that's just how baseball works if you don't agree then I don't know what to tell you. This happens throughout the league. And I, there's yeah. other teams out there who believe in kids no matter what, if they're righty or they're not. You know, but that that those are teams that they'll have one good year and then they'll have another five years of development. So, you know, we are in a very particular situation with where the Mets are, you know, currently the state of the franchise. So, and one last thing before I go into, we start our whole trade segment because that's going to take up pretty much the entirety of the episode. Um, I asked a trivia question. On our account, when was the last time the New York Mets had Pete Alonso and Lindor sit for the same game as New York Mets players? I got a whole lot of dates in 2022, a whole lot of dates in 2021. There was only two people who got that question correct. Shout out to Cornhole Cousins on Twitter. Shout out to you. Happy Father's Day, brother. Shout out to our boy Brandon, my mans. Shout out to you. Yesterday, which was Saturday... June 17th, the first time since being New York Mets as teammates, the Mets put out a lineup without Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso. They are the true Ironmen of this team. You can kill them for their stats. You can kill them for their lack of production and big moments. But I don't ever remember this franchise having those two type of Ironmen in a two-year span in my lifetime for that matter. And um, without this, without those two in the lineup, we're not the same team. So, you know, I give a lot of shit to them at times, and I praise them at times, you know, you as well. But um, we definitely missed them, and it'd be nice to have them both back in the lineup, honestly. 
Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it's very rare in today's day and age that guys like that, you know, make sure that they're starting every day and they're there for their teams every single day. I know that we like to keep our guys healthy and fresh and all that. We see teams do it all the time where they're benching players, you know, left and right, each yeah. series. But these two, they come to the park, they take very much a lot of pride in their play. They take a lot of pride in being those Ironman and staples of the team and faces of the team. Absolutely. And I, I love it. I love it as a fan. And I just, it, it makes you root for them harder. And they love, you they know? love being the New York Mets. They love being, they yes, love wearing yes. the, the shirt. They're not afraid yes. to wear the shirt. I, so you got to respect yeah, them. Yeah, I, I, they, they love wearing the shirt and you have to respect it. As much as we criticize them, we got to give them praise for that. Um, I just wish that, you know, the luck turns around and, you yes. know, obviously if their luck turns around, then the Mets will turn it. Amen to that, man. I mean, listen, we could give praise to guys who don't perform. This fan base loves to do it. And we could give praise to guys who have done everything they possibly can to perform. And to me, if you want to be a New York Met, I don't care what your salary is and you want to wear this shirt, we're going to wear this logo, you want to give it everything you got. Then I'm gonna root for you. You know what I'm saying? So that goes for Pete and Lindor. You know, uh, Lindor yeah. has the most haters on this entire fan base. All he wants to do is play for the New York Mets. That's it. He gets paid a hefty amount, but he comes to work every single day, bro. How many times we call out of work because we don't want to be there? Yeah, we're not getting paid that million of dollars, but man, we now everybody here is a professional baseball player. If you were, then I listen to your opinion. But shout out to Pete Alonso, man. Pete Alonso has worked through so much adversity. People tell him he couldn't be a first baseman, and he's one of the most improved first basemen. And, you know, Peter's worked on his game. You know, he wants to yep. be more than just a home run hitter, and I hope he gets to that point. So shout out to Pete. Um, hopefully a future captain and hopefully a World Series winner with everyone else, including Lindor. So shout out to them. All right, baby brother. This is going to be a fun episode. We're going to spend the next half hour. Well, hopefully, maybe less because, you know, we might get into some deep dialogue. We're going to both be GMs, all right? I'm going to throw you the alley. And when you finish the alley-oop, we're going to get into the player that I have been presented to you in terms of a trade. So how this is going to work, I'm going to go team by team. We're going team by team, and I am presenting you the best trade option that team can provide the New York Mets in 2023. Okay? All right. Now, if you're into the trade, we will dive into it, and we will both be GMs, okay. and we will see how we can get that trade over the line, why it would help the Mets. If you're not with it, we'll just keep going through the list. Um, and I also want to just put out there that I have not included NL East teams because I just don't think we're going to be making any trades with any NL East teams. Um, so we're going to go in AVC order. We're going to start with the Arizona Diamondbacks, okay? All right. All right. So the best trade option that I could find – and I went through every team. Uh, right now, the Diamondbacks are really good. So I don't think they want to make any trades. So the best option that yeah. I can see them present to us is one of the better players this year, Lourdes Gurriel, who is a rental right now. He will only cost you $5 million, but he is a rental. So that means you will only get him for a few months, and you have to sign him in the offseason or else you're giving up prospects like the way the Mets did for Javier Baez. So this is kind of a bias situation. So are you with that deal, or do we move on? I think we can move on. All right. So we're not going to jump into Lourdes Guillermo. You're going to enjoy your time in Arizona. You're probably going to have a big payday in the offseason. Shout out to you. Yeah. At Atlanta, yeah, we're not even going to get into that. All right. Heading over to Baltimore. 
Uh, Anthony Santander, he's in his third year of arbitration. His arbitration deal is at $7.4 million. Um, that also means that he will eventually either re-sign with the Orioles or he will become a free agent. Um, you can consider this a rental, um, but at least it's a younger player. And he, he make, he's making $7.4 million. You're kind of going to probably see a much bigger increase in that. He's going to be looking for a big deal. Um, he's an outfielder, switch hitting outfielder with power, especially in Baltimore where they move the fences back. Do you, uh, yep. how do you like that deal? Uh, I love Santander. So <laughs> let's, let, let's get into it. <laughs> okay. So Anthony Santander, he would probably be playing one of the corner outfield spots or maybe DH in here and there. Um, I'm a big fan of Anthony Santander. So is you, um, Baltimore, we have to entice them. So Baltimore has one of the best farms in baseball. You know what I'm saying? But Baltimore, at some point, they want to see some type of, you know, production from what their kids are develop. Their kids are developing. They want to see a product on the field that can win, pretty much. But they don't want to give out big money to a lot of guys. So maybe we can steal one of their better, younger players because they probably have a replacement in the wing. But they want to win. Eventually, they want to see the fruits of their labor. That's what I was trying to think of. The fruits of their labor. Right. See what, what could come with all these kids. I mean, they're playing out of their mind right now. They're like 18 games over yeah. 500. They're one of the better teams in the American League. Yeah. So how can we make them better by taking one of their better players? So I think they have a ton of shortstops. You know what I'm saying? So we can't give them, like, you know, infield prospect. Right. I don't I, – we definitely can't give them a catching prospect because they have one of the better young catchers in baseball. Shout out to Ali Ratchman. Right. Um you know, we probably got to have to look into the pitching department to acquire Anthony Santander. I don't think the starting pitching for Baltimore is really good. So it'd probably be a top pitching prospect or an established pitcher. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, being that the Mets have, are so uh, starved for pitching prospects, it's probably a deal that doesn't fit them. Yeah. Um, all we have in the minors are hitters. Yeah. Um. And that's a great thing because we haven't had that in such a long time. Right. Um, so I don't really think that this trade will work for us, but a guy like Anthony Santer is more than welcome on my team. Yes, sir. I agree. Um, I It'd be a difficult trade to maneuver because of what the Baltimore Orioles need. Um, right. And respectfully, I don't know if Baltimore would take on a contract like Marte's when they can just right. keep Anthony Santander's. Like, I don't see Baltimore doing a – Marte, Carrasco, Peterson deal for just Santander. You know, I, that would yeah. that wouldn't really fit them. So, uh, yeah. moving on, Boston, uh, another rental player, Kike Hernandez. He's making ten million dollars this year. Um, very u- versatile player, utility guy, play outfield, play shortstop. Puerto Rican, shout out Mipana. Um, but uh, yeah. he probably is going to be looking for a nice little hefty contract himself. He's been at Baltimore for some time. Um, not the greatest player, but can definitely help a postseason team if they want to look into that. So what do you think about Kike for the Mets? Um, Shots out Kike, Delomil. Um, but I, I feel like he doesn't fit our mold. I feel like it's just adding another Marcana. Um, if we were a championship roster like we were in 2015 and we added Kelly Johnson, he would be like that Kelly Johnson, Juan Uribe role for us. Um, but we're not there yet, and we have too many of those guys. So, um, shout out to Kike, but no, no thank you. I agree. All right. Um, we'll be on the Chicago Cubs. Um, there was two players here, but I purposely left that one because I know most Mets fans wouldn't want him back. That would be Marcus Stroman, who's pitching 
in one of his best seasons ever. Um, but I don't think the Mets are interested in giving Marcus Stroman a big time deal because he's in one of his contract. He needs a big time hefty contract, and so we're not even going to yeah. work down that. Um, a guy who was rumored to be a Met last year, Trey Mancini. He has a player option at the end of the year. He makes seven million dollars if you trade for him. You have to pick up the player option, and then you would pay him seven million dollars to be on your team next year. He would probably be a first base DH, maybe corner outfield option. Um, a little bit up there in age. What do you think about that trade for the New York Mets? Uh, Shouts out Trey, um, but he is a declining player. He hasn't been the same since he left Baltimore. He's been pretty bad this season. I wanted him in that Tommy Pham role. Um, I did want him, uh, mm. but mm. No, no thank you. No okay. Thank you. Shout out to Trey Mancini being cancer. Good guy. One of the good guys in baseball. Heading to the yeah. south side. Um, there was news this week that the Chicago White Sox may entertain a fire sale, but they only are willing to trade some of their rental pieces. That could be, you know, hearsay. That could be, um, false news, fake news, whatever you want to call it, depending on what offer comes into the table. But the Chicago White Sox have quite a few options that can help postseason teams or teams looking to make a postseason run. So I named a few players from the Chicago White Sox. Number one, Lance Lynn. He has a club option. He is currently making $18 million. Um, if you pick up that club option for the Chicago White Sox, that means they will have to pay him $18 million next year as well. He's almost 40. Um, so that means he's $36 million left. Um, he's not been that good this year. He hasn't been good for f- quite some time. Um, Lance Lynn. Uh, Mets need pitching. Do you think that's a pitcher the Mets want to look to acquire to make a postseason rush, uh, run this season? Fuck no. Next. Next. Cool. All right. Uh, very popular name in Mets land that the Mets are looking to make a deal for is Lucas Giolito. He's in his third year of arbitration. He's currently making $10 million. He's pitching really pretty well. It is his contract year, so please keep that in mind, folks. Um, again, if you trade for him, it is a rental. This is going to be a common theme, guys. Lucas Giolito would be bolstering some teams' uh, starting pitching. Uh, the Chicago White Sox, though, they don't want to give him a deal. Now, I understand this organization doesn't really hand out big contracts, but he's one of the better young pitchers they have. Kind of puts a little bit of a little bit of an asterisk to why you won't want to sign one of your homegrown players to a big deal that's kind of been pretty good. So what do you think about Lucas Giolito being a rental? And plus, you have to sign him. You can't just you can't just trade him for the postseason run. This is a guy you got to commit to. What do you think about Lucas Giolito being a New York Met to help New York Mets make the playoffs this season? So given his age and given that, you know, he's kind of hitting a stride, not the best of his career, but certainly better than what he has been in the past. So he's an ascending player. Yes. Um, I know that it's a contract year, and guys usually, you know, do better on contract years. But I would take a chance on Lucas Giolito. I would okay. I would definitely, um, yeah, I would be interested in Lucas Giolito to help bolster the back end of our, our rotation. All right, so let's entertain. Uh, Lucas Giolito. Starting pitching. So, as we know, the Chicago White Sox have other starting pitchers that are pretty decent. Michael Kopech and Dylan Cease. So, that's kind of their two-headed monster. Um, Lance Lynn, one of the aging veterans. Don't really count him in. And you would think they would keep Lucas Giolito with that trio. as, As that trio moving forward, something to build off. But... 
And clearly they don't really see it. Maybe they do. Who knows? We don't have the answer for that. But in terms of the White Sox and their future, I don't really see any cornerstone prospect you hear about. I don't think they've ever had a very like outrageously high profile talent in the pro- in the farm for them. They haven't had one of the better farms in a very long time. Um, yeah. You know, they've been with their GM and president of baseball operations for a while now. So things have kind of been like pretty below average um, in terms of what they would want. I really don't know. They're one of the weirder teams in baseball. But I'm assuming a guy like Giolito would require high-end prospects. So we're looking, guys out there, we're looking at probably maybe a Vientos, definitely a a Mauricio. Um, They probably will look into a Kevin Parada, you know. I know a lot of people out there are very high on Kevin Prada. Maybe they're into one of our pitching prospects, a Mike Vassell. Um, or maybe yeah. they're maybe they're into but they're so far back in the race, but their division is so trash that maybe they want established players. So I can't really put a a, a touch on the climate of the White Sox because I know they've in the past they've won with established players and not one to really give their whole farm a go. You know what I'm saying? So right. I don't really know what they would want to return or what would get a Lucas G a little here from Chicago. What about you? I think it would – I don't think Giolito would cost as much as, say, like a Dylan Cease yes. because Dylan Cease has a lot of control. Yes. Um, even though I, li- I like Dylan Cease more as an option, but I just don't think that – I agree too, by the way. Know, I, agree, I agree with that, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be dealt. Plus, I think it will cost a lot more. If we're talking about the White Sox and, and, you know, what they might need, I think that we have the hitters to supply them with. I think a Vientos and a, maybe a David Peterson together could get that deal done. I like um, that. I think that's not, that's not the worst deal in the world. I mean, maybe we would yeah. probably have to throw something in the farm, something we don't know about. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I think I Right, right. I could definitely see that for Giolito, just Giolito, but I think you're going to name a person next. Ooh, I think I would, I would, I would pay premium. I would pay premium for this guy. Yes. So. Uh, the last player. So just for the record, I've I entertained that deal that you just mentioned for Giolito as well. Um, the last player for the Chicago White Sox that I'm going to name as we continue to, we're going through all the teams, guys. So bear, stay lock in with us. Luis Robert. Now, a lot of people say Robert. No, it's Robert. He's Cubano. So please respect his, you know, his heritage. It's Luis Robert. Um, he signed a pre-arbitration deal. So a lot of guys, so guys, for the Met fans out there, we can do that. We can do that with Beatty. We can do that with Alvarez. We can do that with me, all the kids. You can sign a pre-arbitration deal where you cover the arbitration deals. When they perform, these guys are like legit, major league ready, and they can give you, you know, 140 games of, you know, really good production. You sign a pre-arbitrational deal where they're making, you know, marginal money, you know. So, Luis Robert. Braves do it all the time. Yeah, Braves do it all the time. And actually, the White Sox actually have done it while I was looking at their contract. So, Luis Robert, you would have to pay him 9 mil, then 12 mil, then 15 mil. So, that's his contract for the next three seasons. 9, 12, 15. He has control, but there is a, a club option in 2026. So if you're looking at it from the from the mindset of the White Sox, they have a premium player. They're not winning, but they have a premium player who's giving you production, right, for 20 cents on the dollar. 
So yeah. as the White Sox, they they have one of the better center fielders in the American League making nothing. So the White Sox can sit there and say, why would we get rid of that? We're 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 in the green with a player like that. We're not in the red. So the more he produces, the better for us because we're not paying him anything. Eventually, he's going to want that contract. But the problem is that in 2026, there's a club option. So the team has even more control of the player. So we're talking about a hefty, hefty, hefty trade for a player like this. You're not talking about uh, Robertson and a Vientos and a DJ right, Stewart. Right. You know, right. you're talking about this right here. We're talking about we're entering the Parada, Alex Ramirez, Jet Williams territory with maybe more. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm not a big fan of the price. Because we have a center fielder already, that's pretty good. This would maybe push him to the corner outfield. Um, but I don't know if he would want that. There's, there's a lot of moving parts with this. So what do you think? So the way that I see it, I, I would only make a trade like this if it included Giolito. Because Ooh. you're already going you're already going to have to pay premium for okay. one guy. So why not throw in Giolito? as well well you got me there i didn't you know i have yet to consider that yes to do both yeah that makes sense do both do both i would package up you got to give up parada straight up straight up you got to give up parada just look at look at look at billy up over here billy up i can do your job bro i can do your job give me a shot well check it out hold on hold on hold on i'm the i'm the white Sox gm now i'm like all right Okay. You want you want to package some of our better young talent. You're gonna give us talent. Cool. Absorb Lance Lynn's contract now. Now what do you say? So Lance Lynn, Giolito, and Robert. Lance Lynn gets Lance Lynn eighteen million dollars. Now that's not a lot. That's like four million more than Carrasco. But you gotta absorb that. Now that could be a write off for Cohen, but they want you to absorb that. Now we're talking over the Cohen tax. And that's another year where we're dropped, you know, a whole bunch of slots in the draft. Those are all, yeah. those are all like factors we have to factor in. What do you say? Right. So at that point, the price might be a little bit too steep in order to take on the Lance Lynn. Mm. But you can also sit here and be like, if you're the Mets, hey, we'll give you two top prospects, but you got to absorb a contract of ours. It got to be a fair trade here. You could be like, yo, take a star Marte. Get him out of here. I mean, you might as well, because at that point, you're getting right. an outfielder. Right. This sounds too crazy. This is why I'm not a GM. Um, <laughs> but I love the idea of this because there's so many moving parts. So the White Sox, we haven't, we're barely into all these teams. The White Sox are definitely a team to look at with all possibilities thrown on the table. Shout out to my baby brother with that. That was really interesting. All right, let's move on to the next team. Cincinnati, I actually couldn't find a player that we would trade because all their players are young with tons of years of control, and I just think, why would they give up? Not even not, not even Edwin Diaz's brother? I don't think they... Well, they, they, they've won seven straight. They're, so they're, they're, in, they're in pole position to make a wild card run if they continue like yeah. this. Why would they give up the best yeah. closer in the National League? Why would you? No, I you're right. do it. Why not? So I just think Cincinnati, if you're smart, don't do nothing. Stay still. Don't do nothing. Yeah. Make sure. This one, interesting. I want to hear your take. Cleveland Indian. Cle- excuse me. Cleveland Guardians. <laughs> Shane Bieber. Arbitration year two, making $10 million. Now, I'm going to paint you a picture. A few years ago, Steve Cohen 
and the New York Mets, they gave a ring to the Cleveland Guardians. And they said, yo, we want to we wanna bring your, your top-tier shortstop to the New York Mets, and we'll give you some prospects in return. And right. whoever, whoever you ask, you know, some people may think we won, tr- lost, whatever the point is, I think we won the trade. But the point is the Mets gave up Ahmed Rosario and Omar uh, Jimenez, whatever, probably said his name wrong, um, for um, Carrasco and Lindor. So that is a team that we have dealt with in the past. But the, cook, the crumbs of the cookie, they show we gave up two prospects. You know what I'm saying? Two infield prospects for an infielder. So... This may be a team, and also I just want to point out a lot of a lot of trades the Guardians do. They kind of win those trades. You know, I'm not saying we we lost that trade, but I'm just saying right. they're very good for an office. They they they're yeah, normally they're yeah they're normally in the dance because of their front office is one of the better front offices in baseball. The point is, is that yep. Shane Bieber he has two years of control this year and next year. So ten mil, he's giving you pretty good production, kind of like the Giolito thing. A little a little bit older, a little bit better. He has a side young. So he's more established. So Shane Bieber, what are your thoughts? Is that a trade you want to make? Shane Shane Bieber's a trade that I would entertain. Yeah. So I would entertain it because he is he is a good player and he's under control and he's only twenty eight and he has a side young. You know, there there's plenty of reasons why you could entertain it. So here we out. Here here we go. We, they have they have they've committed to their third baseman, Jose Ramirez. They've committed to their second baseman and Jimenez. They don't really have – they have, like, a stopgap at first with Bell, but they love Josh Naylor. Yeah. Josh Naylor is probably a DH. Yeah. Shortstop like Rosario Naylor. has been an absolute disaster. Oh, so they may yeah, need a replacement. Bad. Maybe they need another infield prospect that the Mets have, which is, I hate to say it, a Mauricio. You know, it may happen. Right. Maybe a Mauricio for Bieber. Don't be surprised. I'm not saying I'm on it, guys. I'm just saying that could be a deal that the, the, the Cleveland Guardians want. I don't think the Cleveland Guardians have a, a a very big prospect in the farm that's, you know, a catcher that may be Kevin Parada. You know what I'm saying? They need offense. They need a future offensive bat. So a Shane Bieber is going to cost you probably a Kevin Parada or Ronnie Mauricio. I'm just putting it out there, guys. I know we want pitching, and you said it earlier, seven innings, the Mets are perfect or something like that. Yep. Shane Bieber, I mean, I think Shane Bieber kind of gets by with a little bit of luck, but he's been pitching really good of late. Yeah, me too. So, with Shane Bieber, I think it's more so you got to kind of, like, look in the mirror, right? If we're at the, if we're sitting at the trade deadline and we're, like, you know, three games below 500 or a game above 500, right, at the trade deadline, we're looking at, we're looking ahead, we're three games back of a wild card, we're 100 games back of a, of a division, so that doesn't even matter. Is this risk of losing a guy like Parada or Mauricio worth the reward of a guy who, you know, he's good. Is he, is he an ace? Like he once was? No, he's, he's a middle of the rotation starter. But like, like you said, like we pointed, we need the pitching. So at that point, you got to kind of just weigh out your options. And at that point, I think that we could get something like a Giolito that might cost less and, and, you know, be better. It's funny how the AL Central has, the pitching that we may need, you know, it's funny. It's interesting. So, yeah. you know, the Mets need pitching. They, you hear me, AL Central. I say AL East. AL Central. AL Central has the pitching prospects that may, the Mets may entertain. And they're both in the same division. So, very interesting uh, between the White Sox and the Cleveland Guardians. So, moving on. Colorado, I just don't think anything there is worth it. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't trust anything from Colorado. So, moving on to Detroit. 
This is another interesting name. Eduardo Rodriguez. Now, hear me out. He has a free agent opt-out. He can opt out of his contract. His contract does not end this year, guys. But he can opt out to become a free agent. He's making 18 mil if he doesn't opt out. So if he stays on with the Tigers, he's guaranteed $18 million. If he opts out, he's gonna, that is the baseline. Okay, guys? That is the starting point. So he's a rental. Okay? You trade for him. He becomes a rental. You have to give him a contract with the starting baseline of $18 million because that is what he would make if he stays with the Tigers. What do you think about yeah. uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, big lefty? This is this is tough, right? Because of that, because of the fact that he has that opt out. Now, here's the thing: he's definitely going to opt out because he is pitching great this year. Yep. And somebody's somebody's definitely going to give him over eighteen million dollars to to play for their team over yes. a long stretch of time. Yes. Um. Now, I think it becomes more so of a thing whether or not you believe it's a fluke. Or you believe this is, you know what I mean, real hoops. And I believe that this is fluke hoops. This is complete fluke hoops. I think he's a good player. I don't think he is a 2.13 ERA every season. No. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I don't think this This is one of those trade bait deals every year. It might work out for a team. Um, yeah. it, it may, it may kind of like, depending on what team acquires him. And it can really put yeah. him in a really good position to succeed. But the Orioles should do it. I think the, I think that's a great team. I actually was thinking about if more guys keep getting hurt for Tampa Bay, they should really entertain this deal. This is a, yep. this is the type of player yep. that I think can help a team like that. Uh, I, I definitely think he's more of an American League pitcher. I think he has a lot better history there, you know, being that he was with Boston and they won and stuff. So um, yep. interesting player. Not one I think I love. So moving on. Um, Houston, I have two names here. Two relievers. We're in the reliever market now. Uh, Ryan Stanek and Phil Maton both are an arbitration three, you know, year. So they're going to be free agents. Um, Ryan Stanek making 3.6 mil and Phil Maton making 2.5 mil. These are two guys that are going to be looking for contracts at the end of the year. So these are rentals. Again, this is the common theme. Uh, the Mets may need some bullpen help. I don't know what the, the cost would be for a reliever. These are pretty decent relievers. Nothing crazy. Um, but I did look into it. This is how deep I did uh, dive in all the teams. This is, you know, I don't know what, what we would give up, but would these names kind of you know, intrigue you if you're trying to make a playoff push for the Mets? These names definitely entice me. It's just the problem that the team that they're on, right? Uh, you look at Houston, that that's a World Series yeah. defending team. They're not going to, you know, give up value for, you know, veterans or guys that they hope to be good in two or three years. Yeah. They're in a win-now mode. And I don't. I just cannot see them selling these two guys. Yeah, I would actually be honest with you. With all the names we've named, these two guys would be awesome. I actually would love this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. 100%. This would be something I would like genuinely love. Uh, moving on, yeah. we're still in the reliever market with uh, Twitter's favorite new reliever uh, in Kansas City, uh, Aroldis Chapman. He is currently uh. making three point seven five million dollars. Ooh, excuse me, heard my bell. Sorry about that, guys. For everybody at home. But uh, Araldis Chapman, he's making 3.75 mil on a one-year deal in Kansas City to kind of, like, regain his form. What do you think about Araldis Chapman? I mean, look, if if it doesn't cost that much. (laughs) I hear you laughing. (laughs) Like, I'm so, like, like, blah. Like, I know that this is, like, a very funny, um, you know, troll. Yeah, that, I'm not uh, with it, man. The boy JoJo likes to do, but Shout out JoJo. I'm not with 
Shout out JoJo, the an elite troll. I, yeah. I sometimes hate him. He's lucky he's a Jets fan. I love um, the, I love the trolling level. It's actually a yeah. He's a he's a great good, troll. He's a great very good troll. Um, but uh, Aroldis Chapman is like, bruh, I'm. If I get him for free, sure. Yeah. I, if nah. I'm getting him for free, yeah. If, if I could him trade for free, I'll do it. back so. for him, I'll do it. How about that? If I'll I give him Mark Hanna, Dan Vogel back. I, I actually would, I'll be real with you. I would probably keep Mark Hanna. I honestly would. But Mark Hanna is, is worth more? Okay. I would keep Mark Hanna okay. because of the first base, like, emergency thing. To me, that's more valuable. Okay. He's the only first. You know what I'm saying? That's why okay. I would keep Mark. He's doing all right there. So, you know. I just, I don't, I don't, I think you said it with Eduardo Rodriguez. This is the biggest fool goals out there. Oh, he's throwing 104. Yeah, right. he is. All right, cool. When yeah, he, he throws is. 104 in the playoffs and gets smoked. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, this next team. This next team, we don't need to, this is a very touchy subject, okay? I get, I'm going to give you a warm-up, and then I'm going to give you a bomba, okay? Remember, we're going in ABC order, so a lot of folks at home will pay attention. The Los Angeles Angels. I mean, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, or whatever they're called. The Anaheim Angels. Yeah, whatever yeah. the hell that shit called. The California Angels, yeah. Here's the layup. This is a guy I like. I like this guy. Arbitration year three, another rental, making 11.9 mil, 12 mil. Hunter Renfro. Love him. Love him. Love him. Love him. We'll take him. Love him. Love him. That's a good yep. corner outfielder. I don't yep, know I take what his price is because we have so much bad blood, bad blood with this team. Like in terms of on the on a financial level with the lawyers and the GMs and the fucking owners and everything, I'm sure this would cost like 20 prospects fucking Hunter Renfro. So I don't know. Yeah. Even though it is a rental, they will definitely try and beat us in the head because we have beef with them. So it is what it is. Now that was the layup. I'm sure you know what the. <laughs> I'm sure you know what the dunk is. Um, another oh, if you thought Hunter Renfro was gonna cost a lot, you, you <laughs> wait. You wait on this. So this next player, he's in his arbitration year three. He's a rental, but his arbitration year three price is thirty million dollars. He's making thirty million dollars without signing a long term deal. He's literally the most expensive player in maybe all of sports besides Lionel Messi. I think Lionel Messi is the only athlete in the world that costs more than this guy. Not with LeBron, but LeBron is aging. So, yeah, Lionel Messi. Yeah, but LeBron is aging. You know, yeah, it's, so definitely Messi it's definitely and, and Messi well deserves it. Yeah, so we're definitely like, – we're, but we're in legend territory here. Shohei Otani. Yeah. Would you make the deal? We all know what the deal is. <laughs> Come on, man. Next question. Yo, I'm going to be real. They can have whoever they want. I don't give a shit anymore. Yo, take take whoever. <laughs> take Lidor. Take Alonso. Take them all. Take, take, them all. All take them me. Take me. Take matter. me. You know what I mean? I love <laughs> my em. cats. Take them. Take, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You can take my Jordans. Babe, we might have to go to Anaheim. Just letting you know. But anyways. So, bro, <laughs> you, can, you can take all that shit. You can take all that shit. Here's what it is. Shout out hey, to Shohei. Bro. We uh Shane Sons podcast would g- gladly welcome you to New York. So yeah. Uh, of course. Of can't course. Wait Do for I you think to... it's gonna happen though? I don't know. Uh, listen, Shohei, I just wanna let you know the minute you start batting two hundred, don't get on Twitter. Anyways, moving on. To the Los Angeles Dodgers. I didn't find a trade. I didn't find a trade. I don't think they're gonna help us. 
I don't think there's anything that they want to offload, and I don't think there's anything that we can even get. They have so much talent in the farm that there's nothing in our yeah. farm that would entice them, and there's no veteran that they want to give up. So they're kind of committed to what they got. And yep. we're skipping the Miami Marlins who are doing their thing, and, oh, boy, this is another one. You, oh, I already know what you're going to say. Heading to Milwaukee. Oh, uh, man. Now, this name, many Mets fans, many Mets fans are in love. I mean, love. They love this guy. I don't know if I love him. I like him. I don't know if I love him. I know what you do. I know how you feel. You don't love him. You don't like him. You don't, you don't even appreciate him. I think he's won yeah. two Cy Youngs. How many Cy Youngs has he won? Two. Right? One. He's won one. one. Fair enough. I thought you won more. Corbin Burns, who is arbitration two, a little expensive, has more control, 10 mil. So his arbitration two, his, excuse me, his arbitrational three year could slightly go up because if he won his Cy Young already and his arb didn't really go up much more, you know, we're probably talking about 11 mil on the third year. So you got to pay 11 mil plus whatever you feel his contract, excuse me, would be. You're talking about like entering 20 mil, 20, 25 mil. So it's an expensive deal. You know, it's going to cost you prospects too. But apparently we have beef with this team too. We're apparently going to steal, you know, their, 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 their executive, uh, David Stearns. We're, we're going to get into that in the future, guys. Don't worry that David Stern, David Stern stuff. So we'll, we'll get on the Shade and Sons podcast eventually. But, you know, they don't even want to let us negotiate that. You know what I'm saying? They're keeping him captive on what the streets are saying, MLB Streets on Twitter. Would they even entice a deal with the Mets, you know? I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do what the Angels have done and they try to beat us over the head for any type of player that they have on their team. So what do you think about a Corbin Burns deal? By the way, you should let everybody know how you feel about Corbin, Corbin Burns while you're at it. I never liked Corbin Burns. Never was a fan, never was on the hype train. I know that he won the Cy Young. He had the ERA title one year. He doesn't move me. We slapped him up this year, by the way. Yeah, we did. He doesn't move me. Um, every year that he's gone longer in innings pitch in in the year, um, the results haven't been there. I mean, he pitched 167 innings one year. He won the ERA title, won Cy Young. But then the year after, he got a little worse. The ERA bumped up to three when he pitched over 200 innings. And now this season, his ERA is almost four. And he's pitched already 83 innings. Sounds like, um, sounds like someone has a lot of tread on their tires. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I, it's, it sounds like somebody is not the workhorse that they're, you know, being presented as. That's what mm, I think it is. Shout out to Cousins, who keeps DMing me about we should trade for Corbin Burns. And I've been like, mm, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to make that deal. And they're in first I, place. I don't and apparently right, they might right. still trade him. They might still trade him, even though they're in first, which is crazy. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, they traded Josh Hader when they were in the race last year. That didn't make any sense at the time. So this is a weird front office, which is why I kind of am weary about that guy that keeps getting mentioned. But we don't have to discuss him on this episode. Um, yeah, I mean, Corbin Burns, I'm not a fan. I know that most Mets fans are. He does solve an issue with the pitching. Um, I just think that the price is too steep. but. Um, as you said, also, we got a lot of beef with them, obviously, with the guy that you mentioned being rumored and linked to us. Um, yeah, I just don't think that a deal will happen. All right. Fair enough. I agree. Um, Jesse Winker, he's currently injured. Arbitration year two, making 6.2 mil. I mean, maybe a year or two ago I would have done it. I don't know about now. What about you? I think he's going to sign here as a free agent before his career is over. 
Yeah, I think so too. So I think I wouldn't even bother entertaining a trade. So I agree with you. All right, let's move a little yeah. quicker. Uh, Minnesota, Joey Gallo, 11 mil. Loves New York. Yeah. Womp womp. <laughs> I'm cool on that. No, thank you. All right. I don't see any deal that we would make with the Yankees, so we'll move on. Heading to Oakland. Uh, you know, we love shopping in Oakland. We love going to Whole Foods in Oakland. We love getting the organic fruit. We love getting the whole the the the, the non dairy everything. We love doing everything out there in Oakland. So shout yeah. out to the to Sandy Olson's old fucking ass. Uh, I'm gonna give you the names. Ramon Laureano outfielder arbitration year two, three point five million dollars. Brent Roker pre arbitration year. He is twenty eight years old though. So we're talking about uh. Lightning in the bottle for a late bloomer who a lot of people like. He's having a great year, but will he have yeah, a great yeah. year outside of Oakland? That is the question. Um, every time that we shop in Oakland outside of Bassett, it usually doesn't end up well, but it ends up well for other teams like yep. Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I just do not, I do not trust them. I do not trust their players. Um, they're not a good baseball team, and usually when you're on a bad baseball team. And you're doing well, it doesn't necessarily translate to a team that has high expectations. Fair enough. So, fuck no. All right. So, Ramon Laureano and Brim Roker, that is a no. Moving to Pittsburgh, another stingiest team, uh, doing pretty well. Their closer, uh, David Bednard, he's on another pre arbitration deal. He's also 28 years old. He is a late bloomer. Is that a deal you'd be interested in making for the New York Mets? I would be interested in uh, Bednard. Okay. I, I don't know what it would I cost would be. because this is another team that loves young players. So maybe an established player who can really help them over the top with yeah. something that can maybe replace Bednar or something like that. So I don't know yeah. the the what it would take to get Bednar over the line. Yeah. Um, they probably would try and beat us in the head because you know we all have the vocal back deal in the back of our minds for Holderman. So it is what it is. Um, I think I would do the Bednar deal. I think I would entertain it. It wouldn't cost it wouldn't cost yeah. a lot, I think. But you know, in the future, you're looking at a deal where look, we only have Robertson for one year. David Bednar slides into his role next year, and then you have Bednar setting up Diaz. I like it. Yep. That's I, that's I, the way I look at it. Also, yep, I like it. Yep. All right, moving on. San Diego. Uh, they're definitely going to offload some money. They not. They can't continue the way they're going. We all know the situation that's going on down out there. Uh, here's the rental that they have. $16 million player, Blake Snell. It's like 4-0 his last starts, his last four starts. Would you entertain a Blake hell, Snell deal? Hell no. I agree. No. And, <laughs> and neither any of those any of those players on that team, fuck no. I don't want to help them. Any? I'm sorry. They're all, I, I wouldn't. I don't think that they're going to trade any of those top guys oh. either way. So that, that's that's the way I'm looking at it. Oh, so I'm yeah. thinking about outside of those guys. Okay. I'm not. Oh, because you know, there's a guy. There's like two. No, no. no. Oh, okay. There's, Fair there's enough. Three. I didn't mention. I, I, for, for everybody out there, I didn't mention Juan Soto because it's not happening. But yeah, I don't you remember, yeah you know, my baby is out there. So I would literally give up anything to get him. No, I, I, would, I, would, I would give up a lot for him. Yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr. That's my favorite player in baseball. So moving on to San Francisco, to Mets darling, Michael Conforto. By the way, if you haven't looked, the San Francisco Giants are very good this year. So we have Michael Conforto, $18 million player option. He can opt out. He's pretty much on a one-year deal. He can opt out and then go make more money on the open market. Um... We all know how Mets fans feel about him. Is he a player you would like to acquire at the deadline, not in free agency, at the deadline to help make a playoff push for the New York Mets? Yes. I, you know what You know what it makes me think about when I think about Marco Conforto? Yeah. Wow, this guy was 
with the, this guy was a free agent for so long. Wow, and the Mets could have had him. Who would have thought? Right? And, 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 and as much as Mets fans wish he was back, the same amount of Mets fans wanted him gone. Just put it out there. That's fair. That's fair. But, I mean, you look at him and you look at Mark Hanna, I would re- yeah. much rather Michael Conforto. I actually would much exactly. rather Michael exactly. Conforto right now than Marte. Be I, honest with I you. wanted Marte. I wanted Michael Conforto here during offseason. It would have been dope to keep out. him. And you look at the team now, if we were missing like an Alonzo and Lador, he, he would have been yeah. very helpful in that regard. So, yep. um, yeah, I agree. I think I would I think I would love him, but maybe in the offseason. I don't know. I Honestly, opening up old cobwebs, I don't know how I feel about yeah. it. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think yeah. I'm, I'm just happy to see him do well. You know, enjoy, enjoy your time in San Francisco. All right, we're almost done, guys. Uh, moving on to Seattle. I don't really like these names, but this is what they have. So, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, arbitration year three, making $14 million. Leads the league in strikeouts, by the way. Um, so, good by the Blue Jays to kind of get rid of a declining player. And Eugenio Suarez, pre-arbitration deal, $11 million. Has a club option, though. So, the team can retain his rights. Plays third base. I'll fill the third base options for the New York Mets. Yay or nay on those for the playoff push at the deadline? I, I'm i cool on both rooms. I agree. I think they can stay out west, personally. I don't think they would make yeah. a big change. I actually would rather Marte than Tasker, personally. Um, and yeah. I don't think Eugenio Suarez is better than what we have in Brett Beatty. Personally, I think Brett Beatty is something I would rather keep than a you know, middle-tier major leaguer. You know, I'd rather take my gamble on Brett. Moving on to a team we're currently playing. St. Louis Cardinals. They have three options. Jordan Montgomery. He's in his last year of arbitration at $10 million. Left-handed player. Jack Flaherty, who I hate. Third year of arbitration, $5.4 million. This guy sucks. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I don't like that guy. And then the pretty interesting name here is Tyler O'Neill. Arbitration year two, $4.9 million outfielder. He was pretty good about two years ago. He had a really crazy second half. Um, do any of these names entice you to make a deal at the deadline? No. Not, not a single one. Not, not even Tyler O'Neill. I know that. Mets fans wanted him at the beginning of the season, but look at him. The guy stays hurt. I think he's hurt right now. Um, the guy cannot stay on the field. He's a good player, but he just cannot stay healthy, and I'm good on that. All right. Fair enough. Um, not even if it's like a Mingo- Montgomery O'Neill package? No? No. Okay. Right. Nah, the Chicago Chicago entices me way more. All right. Fair enough. That was really interesting still. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by what you said. And I have Tampa Bay, Texas, and Toronto here, and I don't see anything because they're all performing. Why would they help the Mets? You know, maybe Tampa right. Bay gives us something that we may not even know about because we do a lot of deals with Tampa Bay, by the way. But uh, yeah. interestingly enough, I didn't find anything there. And the last team, I know I mentioned no NL East teams we would make a trade for, but I just threw a bone in here for the hell of it. Uh, Trevor Williams, free agent deal, $13 million. And Dom Smith. Would you take any of those Mets back at the deadline to help the playoff push? We need a backup first baseman, and we need a we need a, a long guy in Trevor Williams. I have no idea what they would cost, but uh, my fans love to put these guys' name out there. Oh, I missed them so much, so you know, betray for them. See what it cost you. Um, 
Trevor Williams, I wanted him. I wanted him resigned. I wanted him back here, but I am not trading for that bump. Um, <laughs> we basically have David Peterson, Carlos Grasco, Tyler McGill, insert name for whoever the hell else um, that's playing his role right now. And it hasn't been good. And he hasn't been good. So I'm cool on him. Don Smith, though. Get him for nothing. You'd probably get him for cash. I would I would do it if it cost me literally nothing because I I always got a soft spot for Dom and he's actually hitting better this year than he was last year. He's getting more of an opportunity. Still not a power hitter that he was advertised when he was coming up. Um but I would do it. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah. I'd do it if it's if it didn't cost you a player, you know? I would entertain. Yeah. There's the Vogelback other... and like as consideration. Oh wow, oh, yeah, definitely. The, there was even yeah. a name like Joey Menezes. I would, I just don't know. I don't know. You know, I, no. those those guys can stay. In, I mean, they killed us, but yeah. acquiring them for a playoff push is enough, is one element that I think that you can go into with better talent. You know what I'm saying? Like look for real right. good talent. So if you're gonna give anything right. up, um, let's wrap up. We went longer than we thought. Sorry, guys. You know. Apologies for the bell. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're going to go into the amazing and the bows of the weekend. We're wrapping it up. So, brother, baby brother, this week you're amazing. And we'll, we'll, do ama- we'll do bozo first and then you're amazing. So, let's do your bozo, my bozo, you're amazing, my amazing. And then we'll say goodbye. All right. Um, I don't know how many times this guy has gotten it this season. This might have been like the third or fourth time. But Max Scherzer, Jesus Christ, bro. Wow, we we agree. We've been agreeing on this way too much lately. I, he's definitely yeah. the bozo this week, without a doubt. Bozo of the week, bozo of the week. You you stink, bro. Yeah, like, he sucks. You got a you got a four run lead in the Subway Series against the Yankees. You got to shut the door, bro. Just give me six innings. You want to give up four runs? Sure. Just don't give up the lead, bro. He can't even give like, you four innings, bro. This yeah, he can't even give you four innings. He's, he's going out and. Three and a third, he like, stinks, come on, bro. He stinks. Stinks, bro. He's my bozo ass actually every week. So. I'm I'm so glad that I left that jersey where it was during that playoff game. I that was that was the best thing I ever did. No comment. Um you're amazing <laughs> of the week. Um amazing of the week. Back weeks, Tommy Fam. <laughs> Thank you. We agree. Thank again. you for, 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 for being great. Tommy because you have been Fam. great. The summer yeah, he's been Fam. great all month. The big yeah. fan Bino. I have to make yeah. artwork for him. That is coming this week. I'm definitely going to make Tommy Fam a poster. <laughs> um, Tommy Fam, oh, you're getting artwork. This month. You're getting yeah, artwork this it. month, Tommy Fam. That is 1,000%. You've earned. You, when you get artwork, we, we, we appreciate you. So shout out to Tommy Fam. That's yeah. also mine as well. Um, that's it, man. Episode number 11. I mean, we, we okay. I, I think this episode would be great for anyone who's really interested in the trade deadline. So hopefully you guys tune in share comment like why don't you give us your trade you know maybe we miss yeah, players yeah. out there why don't you it give us up. some feedback give us it in the comments below give us the best trade you can possibly think of and you know what we'll yeah. make a video and responding to those trades if you guys right. can come up with some deals we would definitely entice like or entertain any of those deals maybe there's players we totally miss um, so, you know, just remember we did Billy Zeppelin's job in less than an hour. Just want to put it out there. But, um, anyways, did it way better, yeah, we did it way better. Um, let's get back to 500 next week. Next time we record, man, let's do this. Let's go to yeah. Houston and let's, let's, let's kind of shock the world. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully we win today. We win a series. You know what I'm saying? We'll go to Houston and then, well, we head out to Philadelphia next weekend and we all know what's going to happen out there. So 
Oh boy, ah, Metland. I love to dream. I love to dream too. I love, love to, to dreaming. Dream I love to dream too, man. <laughs> Shout out to the New York Mets. That's episode number eleven, baby brother, and we yeah. are out. Let's fucking go, Mets. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms and stay tuned for the next episode.